Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. This is my first podcast for 2022. I have Bridget Kavanaugh, and she is the... I am the host of Beyond Buds, a podcast where I speak to people from all over the cannabis industry about their work, what they do, and what they wish the average cannabis enjoyer would know. And um, Yeah, and then by day, I am a cannabis marketer. I write all sorts of things about cannabis, educational materials, I make training materials, um, you know, emails, all that stuff. And uh, sometimes I freelance for the LA Weekly, so you might have seen me there. Wow, Brent. Uh, <laughs> so you know this is going to be an interesting interview. Because, yes, I will admit, I used to smoke weed. Oh, oh no, cannabis. We'll call it cannabis. All right, all right. Weed is still a habit. We talked about that. You right? can call it whatever you want. My great aunt, <laughs> uh, she is 90 years old. She calls uh, she calls what we call pre-rolls. She calls them doobies. And I think that's just the cutest <laughs> thing in the world. You know, it's so funny because I remember uh, when they were talking. Doobies used to be a hairstyle. I mean, the girls say, I'm going to wrap my hair in the really? doobie. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, and this is where I found out uh, about that. That that's what the other you know name was. It was used for. So, oh, so funny. Okay, Brett. So did you choose this business because you use the product, or why did you choose this particular business to get into? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, growing up in Southern California, I've always kind of been around, um, well, back in the day, we didn't call it the cannabis industry, but I've always been around a lot of growers, a lot of people who are super interested in this plant. And I think it's so fascinating. California is the fruit basket of the world. And, you know, we do like fruits and nuts, like we kill it, but something about weed, like I, sorry, something about cannabis. Okay. I should be a little more well, special. Let's call something it about cannabis. Something about cannabis or weed, whatever. Uh, we just have managed to perfect. I don't know what it is. And I think it's wow. fascinating. Uh, this is a plant that can do so many things. Uh, I, I'm crazy about it. And it's all over here. And, um, you know, the fact that it's legal is just so incredible. You know, um, this, this is something that I. I read that they were saying that the fact that they legalized it gave the option to younger people to start smoking it. Unfortunately, I think younger people been smoking it. Yeah, I would actually... I would agree with with you. Um, I I would say it's actually the opposite. We're legalizing legalizing marijuana uh, actually makes it harder for for kids to get their hands on. I believe when I was growing up, 
uh, this stuff was not exactly legal. And as a child, it was really a breeze to get this stuff. And then the other, you know, side of that is uh, because deal- dealers, drug dealers, they're not going to card you. They don't care how old you are. If you're 12, they will sell you marijuana. But a dispensary, they can't do that. And um, and so I think, well, you know. Have you seen 12 lately, though? 12 looks like 16. <laughs> uh, not in the driver's license and all these dispensaries <laughs> yeah. yeah these kids are getting an, uh, they're so good at makeup it's it's nuts mm-hmm. oh my well, gosh I, these young girls they're incredible at it do you test any of your products yes so um, I work for a legal cannabis company all legal licensed cannabis companies, um, I, at least in California, and I'm going to say um, probably everywhere, but at least in California, are required to get a third-party laboratory to test the marijuana products that we sell before sale. And we, we test for multiple things. We test for, or not us, but the third-party right. laboratories, they test for uh, heavy metal content, They'll test for unsafe additives. And then they also test to make sure that the amount of THC, CBD, and other cannabinoids listed on the package is accurate. Um, If a product... So for vaporizers, um, you know, you'll see some vaporizer products. They say it's 97% THC. And it has to be pretty darn close to that number (laughs) or it's not legal to sell you cannot sell things in california with a a wildly incorrect thc percentage so how they test it is in a lab like they're not sitting in the smoking it they said so guys you know i just had to ask that question you know because you see a whole bunch of people sitting in the room rolling up and smoking (laughs) that's not it it's testing in the lab, guys, with these brown glass, you know, bottles, and they test the little droplets to put this here right, and if it turns that color, it's yeah, I think back in the day, uh, sitting around smoking it was maybe the preferred testing method. But now, um, now things have changed quite a bit. So you'll have uh, scientists, chemists. Um, they'll work for you know different cannabis testing companies. Uh, down here in Southern California, Canalysis is a big one. I actually spoke to Andrew Pham on my podcast. He is the di- lab director at Epic Labs. They do wow. that work. And he, like, like I, I felt like I knew a lot, but, like, he told me stuff I'd never heard of before. Um, I learned so much about the cannabis testing process. Wow. And that was good for you to add on to what you do. Yeah. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. I have done a little testing myself. We have a um, we, we do have testing machines where I work um, because we do manufacture product and we test it in house at several stages to make sure that the production is on track. Uh, that does not count towards our requirements. It's just something we do for quality control. So I've used our testing machines before to see um, what our flower is testing at. And that's super fun. Wow. So can anyone purchase your product online? Do they need to be carded? And when I mean when I say carded, I mean do they have to go to a doctor to get the the you know the, the go ahead to get them a medical marijuana um, card? Yeah, so actually in California, things are, are different now. Um, back when I started purchasing, uh, back when I started purchasing weed, you did need to go to a doctor um, to get your cannabis prescription. 
Uh, and that was not hard. Uh, basically, you just went to uh, some sketchy clinic, um, and it was a great <laughs> revenue store. <laughs> uh, there were also a lot. <laughs> there were also a lot of community clinics that do really good work, and were able to offer low cost services to people because they had this massive revenue driver of. Uh, you know, giving cannabis prescriptions for cash, but also there were a lot of sketchy clinics uh, that wow. only did cannabis prescriptions for cash. So you go, you say, oh, I have insomnia. And they say, <laughs> okay, here's your prescription, $40, please come back in a year to get that re up. Oh, oh, my back hurts, right? My back hurts. I have you know? glaucoma. No, I don't yeah. have any proof, I just have it. <laughs> I have a whole list of things that um, I could come up with. <laughs> well, yeah. is a dispensary an expensive business to start? It seems as if it's something that's expensive, is it? Well, oh, actually, sorry. I want to go back to the the other question because um, before we move on, because um, so that's how it used to be back in the day. Now, uh, California has legalized recreational cannabis. I want to say back in 2016, we did that. And so if you are 21 years old or older, you can mm -hmm. go into a dispensary. Um, they will check your ID to make sure you're of age and you can purchase cannabis. If you want to order online, uh, you can get it delivered to your house as well. And they will card you um, when you pick up the product. But you have to be in LA, in your area. They, they don't deliver out of state. Um, so it, so there's always a dispensary in your area that will deliver. The thing is, because it's federally illegal and because of policies, because of the policies of most delivery carriers, um, you can't just send it through the mail. So you do have to distribute it yourself. Um, there are lots of cannabis companies uh, that flout those rules. I don't work for one of the companies that flouts those <laughs> rules. We only deliver in our area uh, and we have our own delivery fleet. Um, and how but... much can you get of recreational? Like how much do they give you? What's the max? Yeah, it's actually pretty crazy. So you can buy, um, I want to say it's up to an ounce of flour per day. Um, and you could go every day if you wanted. Or, this is nuts. Um, in California, they uh, they were like, okay, like we need to decide what the limit is on how many edibles or how much concentrate people can buy in a day. So they decided that they were going to handle that by saying like, you know, one ounce of cannabis flour equals, I want to say they made it, like equals like eight grams of concentrate. Wow. Um, yeah, so you can buy eight, I want to say eight grams of concentrate in a day, which is insane. Anyone who uh, who uses dabs and listens to this podcast will be astounded, I think, but it gets even better. So the way they calculate uh, how much product you can buy for like like other non-flower non products, you know, like edibles, lotion, whatever, um, they calculate it by the amount of concentrate within the product so if you want to <laughs> you oh, wow. could buy 800 servings of edibles per day totally legally and then okay so but it's illegal to go get it and sell it on your own correct um it is not well so it it's it's uh like Technically, it's not legal, but it's not right. legal in the same way that street vending is is not legal. That's um, right. I like unlicensed so. street vending. Um, right. So, like, 
you could do it. Um, no one's going to come after you. I can pretty much guarantee, but I don't recommend you do it. And um, definitely don't do it at large events because that's how you'll get, that's no how you'll business. face consequences. You can hear that business idea on my podcast. I was just asking the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't recommend anyone do anything illegal. Uh, technically, that's illegal, but it's it's illegal. Like, it, it's barely more illegal than, like, jaywalking. I, I probably um do not give it to children that is that is a, a real bad idea um not, but I'm other adults <laughs> yeah um i mean i think people can use some some common sense there um you know like don't don't um like uh, the other thing is like at this point it's i don't even know if it's worth selling marijuana illegally because I mean, just, there are some, you get it yeah, and the dispensaries have so many sales and deals all the time. Wow. I can't imagine you can make much of a profit selling illegally, but you know who knows. Right. So, so the other question was: Is a dispensary an expensive business to start? Yes, um, so expensive. But uh, the exact number depends on the city. Um, I have an interview coming out soon with Maha Hook, and she is a woman who works with different cannabis companies on their application process. And she explained that the the cost does really vary uh, by city as well as the administrative load. It's significantly more complicated to apply for your your licensing in certain cities over others. Uh, There may be zoning requirements that you have to adhere to, which can get expensive. Uh Um, You'll pay a lot in lawyer's fees. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it would be good to get a whole bunch of investors if you wanted to do something like that, right? Yeah, or be like very independently wealthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me add that. You know, anyone listening that's very independently wealthy. Yeah. 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 Well, I know there are some uh, equity programs. Um, I want to say the city of Oakland had some that helped out some like lower income entrepreneurs who wanted to try their luck in cannabis and started. Yes. Uh huh. If you you look for it, there are some programs. Not enough. Um, I hope that changes, but there are some. Interesting. So, how do you blend the product to make the different kinds? Yeah. So, so that. That can actually, um, that is a good question. It's a big question. Um, so, um, I guess I'll start with, with edibles. I think that's a good one to cover. So back in the day, I think everyone probably has had, you know, one of those classic, yeah, the classic weed brownie with the, you know, where it's just got plant material in it and it's got a really weird texture and, um, we've all had one of those, right? And now things work a little differently where you'll actually take the cannabis concentrate. So you'll take your cannabis flower, you'll distill it into basically, you'll get like that essential oil and that's what you'll use for your brownies. So the taste is way better. Oh, how do you get that oil? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I, I can tell you about uh, the I can tell you about the people's process. That's the only one I'm really familiar oh, with. So we yeah. have <laughs> uh, we have a manufacturing facility, and yeah. we basically take the plants we grow and we uh, get them off the field. We let them dry a little bit in the sun. They don't need to be like perfectly dry. Um, the exact percentage of, of moisture is really important for jarred flour, but for wow. concentrate, you can kind of correct for that later. So we take all that like dry-ish flour, uh, put it through our 
super fancy machine that I, I don't totally understand much about. <laughs> does it um, grind it up? It does. It grinds it up. So at and... home, we will put it in a blender. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, if you're looking for an at-home method, um, uh, what is it called? Rick Simpson oil is the best at-home method that I'm aware of. And he has literally posted his recipe on this wow. website he owns called Phoenix Tears. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find the URL. Um, I Yeah. Yeah. The industrial process for making cannabis concentrate is really different from the Rick Simpson method. But if you're doing it at home, the Rick Simpson method is, is great. So his recipe is at phoenixtears.ca slash producing dash the dash oil okay guys you got that nice yeah it's super detailed you could do it at home with the stuff you've got and he gives all the instructions there yeah um and he he really revolutionized the uh he really revolutionized i think consumer tastes in in cannabis because before the rick simpson method before he published that for free for anyone to use um i don't think many people were were thinking about concentrates oh okay so everybody when you hear about uh the cannabis business and how lucrative it is can you become a millionaire overnight when owning a dispensary being an owner i'm almost sure but you know the term overnight means is it fast take that like fast money that's a good that's a good question so cannabis certainly makes a lot of money but it also costs a lot of money to operate a cannabis business yeah like one one major thing is you can't uh because it's federally federally illegal you cannot deduct uh your taxes so you end up having to pay uh basically double um yeah operating Oh, sorry. What, what's that? No, I've always been curious about that process because, you know, <laughs> when, when, when something like that take the world by storm, what I mean by that is they're making it illegal. Everybody's excited about it. <clears throat> you try to think about, hey, that'd be a good business I could, you know, go into. But, you know, having you here, it would kind of wake up people, you know, their minds and say, okay, that's not for me or that's for me. You know, giving them the information. They may be better off just being over 21 going to pick up how many again? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's, um, I'd say people make a lot of, a lot of people make a lot of money in cannabis, but it's really hard. And something that a lot of people getting into this don't realize is how important relationships are. This is a really small industry. And, um, like, your reputation and your relationships with other people in it matter a lot. Uh, even the California industry, which, you know, obviously is, is much larger than, than most other states, like, that's still the case. Um, so when people, you know, there are some people who, you know, they made a lot of money on a previous venture. They look at the weed industry, they get dollar signs in their eyes, they jump right in, and they think they're going to be really successful. And... Um, they're incorrect. It's a lot harder work than people think. But if that's what you're into, like if you know what you're doing, if you're ready to work hard, like if you are a relationships person, like I, I think I think it's possible to make a lot of money. And there's a lot of new industries popping up in new states um, with a lot of exciting opportunities where it's probably easier to do that too. 
So when so when um these dispensaries open, right? They have to hire staff. I'm talking about the upfront person that mm-hmm. goes. So I don't know if you have a host in there. That hello, welcome to Mohani Love's dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the person that takes them to you know ask them what they need. Are those people um, tested for drugs? Like, do they have to take a drug test? And, and I know that sounds so strange. Because working for a cannabis company, why should you have to take a drug test? I'm just curious. Do is that one of the qualifications? Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, I did not take a drug test to get my job. As far as I'm aware, um, nobody that I work with has ever taken a drug test to get my job. Um, one of our, our bosses once made a joke that we should drug test people, and if they're clean, then they fail. <laughs> Not a serious comment, but <laughs> uh, oh, no, God. it's <laughs> we would not have uh, we would not have any staff if we uh, did not allow people to. Um, smoke and this marijuana. is strange questions that came to mind because when you think about it, it's like if you have people who test positive for marijuana, they may steal from you to get their marijuana, or wait, over twenty one, they can get their own, right? What are the yeah. perks? What are their perks working for the dispensary? Yeah, absolutely. We we get a we get a actually a really good employee discount. <laughs> so really. Yeah, I think in any business you're going to have shrinkage. Um, so, you know, it's, um, you know, if we worked at a restaurant, um, you know, I think it's the same thing. Um, the thing is, cannabis is is pretty controlled um, and you do have to track it at every point. So I do think we have less shrinkage than other businesses. We also have cameras everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, we really do have to. It is uh, for safety reasons. It's incredibly important to have cameras everywhere so it's not just like to surveil employees um it has unfortunately come in handy before but it's not like anyone's watching the cameras uh spying on the employees um it's when the business was first built uh it was still a time period where uh well i don't some people who are listening may have heard this story maybe you have too um So this store is located in Santa Ana, and there was an incident in Santa Ana um, a couple of years ago where um, Santa Ana police went into a cannabis dispensary, um, and they smashed all the cameras, they thought, and they pulled guns on all the customers and staff who were in the store and they stole and ate a bunch of edibles and they started threatening violence against people so um yeah there are definitely safety reasons to have a lot of cameras up in a dispensary um that doesn't happen anymore but i think it's it's smart to 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 be careful anyway well i'm sure after that (laughs) <laughs> it's not gonna happen, especially when they make a mistake. That should, they wasn't supposed to make that mistake and miss any of the cameras. It yeah. Wasn't all out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, luckily they they missed a camera, and luckily that camera had audio recording. And if anyone's curious, um, the the video is pretty wild. So yeah, check that out. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So I have my last and final <clears throat> question. All right. So let's say, right, I open up Mohani Loves, this Mohani Loves, that's what we'll call it. 
And it's a beautiful lounge with a baby grand piano in the middle of the floor. Piano's playing his beautiful music. And, but it's a dispensary though. Mm-hmm. Can your dispensary be anything you want it to be? Where people are able to relax if they want to smoke. Can you do that? And does the state matter? Like it has to be in a certain place. So that is such a good question. Um, and it the answer depends on what city you're in. So in the city of Palm Springs, uh, mm. they do allow uh, licenses for cannabis dispensaries uh, with on-site consumption. There is a dispensary called Lighthouse. <laughs> Excuse me. There's a dispensary called Lighthouse in downtown Palm Springs um, where they have a lounge area. Uh, you can drink your coffee there and wow. you can smoke your product there, I believe. Or at least you can take your edibles there. There's also a cannabis cafe in Los Angeles. The licensing is a little different. The city of Los Angeles um, does not allow restaurants to like cook. You can't like cook cannabis food, but it's okay. a normal restaurant and people can bring their own cannabis products or they can buy them from the attached dispensary and they can consume them on site. Um, in Santa Ana, there are no consumption spaces allowed though. Wow, I wonder why. Like, because I'm sure if someone can open up a cannabis restaurant where like your collard greens have cannabis, your fried chicken, you throw it in the, you know, look, look, I'm taking it there, the fried chicken, the mac and cheese. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I just wonder why, like, why not be able to cook with it if you can't? I know it's it seems like a missed opportunity there are cannabis chefs in the area who will come do that for like private parties but it's not allowed for any businesses here oh that's cool but maybe in your state you should lobby your uh, representatives be like hey I want to open Mahani Loves I want people to enjoy it I want people to smoke on site it's all good like hey we have bars why can't we have this you ready and then I have to add a couple of millionaires out there that may be watching that want to open up this for me. <laughs> you open it and then put all the money into it. I'll throw the idea out there and we'll just all make a little bit of money. That works. <laughs> that sounds great. That. If I had a million dollars, Mohani. <laughs> really? Yeah, but you know, we would rock because you have all the information. See, you're, you're needed. So see, even when I get the opportunity, I'll be like, no, gotta call Bridget before I do anything. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll keep so my much. ringer on. <laughs> Thank you. Get in touch with you. Tell me about your website, your podcast. Just make the announcement again. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, if you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can go to B R E T K A V A N A U G H dot com slash about (laughs) sorry i know it's such a long url i am stuck with the name i've got (laughs) and you can sign up for my newsletter there um you can also follow me on twitter at canna brett that's c-a-n-n-a-b-r-e-t and if you want to learn more about cannabis you can check out the podcast that i host and produce it is called beyond buds uh, and it's not just me it's a bunch of people who know even more than I do about this stuff. And it is awesome. I have to listen to your podcast. It's so much fun. (laughs) I know it is. And you can also um, reach her through mohaniluck.com. That's my website. 
And that's where this interview will be uploaded on YouTube. Like, share, follow. That's how I'm supposed to say like, share, subscribe, whatever. Do it. You better do it. <laughs> Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Mohani. Thank you, Mohani. And Thank enjoy you so your much. day, love. You too. It's so great to meet you. <laughs> um, and good luck with Mahani Loves Dispensary. Thank you. Yeah. You, you know, pay attention to your phone. I will be going. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Bye. Bye.